Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's a Saturday late afternoon, early evening, something something in between. Oh, it's dark out now, so I don't know. It's it always fucking dark now. I know. It's so miserable. It's depressing. I haven't winterized my motorbike yet, which is making me feel really <laughs> fucking... Like I'm, I'm hanging on to the idea that we might get like a plus 11 within the next month or so. It's not going to happen, is it? I'm an optimist and even I'm not feeling too good about this, but maybe. Hey everyone, it's Amanda and we are hanging out in the office today. Uh, We had a course going on here today and uh, somebody hung back to chat with us. Her name is Mindy and we're going to talk about all things of being an RMT because her and I were sitting here off mic talking and she's got some funny stories (laughs) and I don't even know how to process some of them. So I'm excited to start talking. Thanks for hanging back after the course. Thank you so much for having me. How was the course today? It was lovely. It was so great. I'm very much so looking forward to tomorrow. And you do a lot of continuing education, right? Yeah, yeah, for a month. Yeah. So, okay. This is a positive review from somebody who actually takes a lot of courses. Nice. So, wait, has the whole Strive thing fucked you up a little bit? So, I was actually, I had free time this week because apparently this was the week where none of my clients wanted to show up on time or to their importance. I guess daylight <laughs> savings. I don't know. Uh, so, I was going through and I was completing my Strive, and that has got to be the least intuitive website I've ever used in my entire yep. need an IT, need an IT guy. guy yeah so badly like it's not even like I don't hate the program I get what they're trying to do I get where they're trying to go with everything but like trying to like it's the least intuitive website and there's no error messages and I'm going like I've put my goals in there's no submit button I had the Where's same the problem submit? it took me what probably should have taken me 10 to 15 minutes took me probably almost an hour because I kept thinking I'm done right am I done did I submit where it was yeah it's not a very user-friendly website <laughs> the concept of it very easy sure, I understand yeah. you've got the competencies you make two goals to match to the competencies then you do two activity I get it but yeah it took me all this time to try to figure out the website it was so silly great great promotional videos though <laughs> Really inspiring. <laughs> what promotional videos? What the are videos they videos you watch at the beginning that tell you all about Stride oh, no, and the 15 no, 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 learning no. concepts? No, no, no. He didn't do that. I did. Oh. Oh. <laughs> the first e-learning module. Yeah, I, I skipped through it. I just keep hitting next, 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 next. And then you chose all of the above, even though it was A and there was nothing above it. So fun. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> they, they need IT guys. So, so bad. bad. So bad. Yeah. Anyway, we're not going to talk about Strive. We already did that with Ian Kim. And uh, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, check it out. If you're confused still, hopefully you're not Call still confused. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Ian, you're going to be getting a lot of phone calls. People need help. No, he didn't give out his number. He only gave out his uh, web address. I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let's start with a little introduction about you, Mindy. Talk to everybody about how long you've been a therapist, what type of practice you have, like who are your clients? What do you do? Yeah. Uh, so I have been practicing for just about five years now. It'll be five years in January. I work in a multidisciplinary clinic. I say that it's physios and then me. There's no other RMTs. That's I'm alone on an island. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Multi sounds like multi. it makes it sound like there's it a like lot. There's a billion things going on. Well, I'd say it's a sports med clinic, but our sports med doctor is at another facility, so uh. we're we're technically a sports med clinic, but without a sports med doc on premises. But anyways, uh, my clients, it's a mixed bag. I see a lot of MVAs. I see a lot of active individuals, as you would expect at a sports med clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like 
pre and postnatal, lots of old people, just lots of everyone. How old is old? Uh, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, that's old. Yeah, that's old. Yeah. But as young also as like a six-week-old baby. You've treated a six-week-old baby? I did. Can I ask why um, the person brought in a six-week-old baby for massage? Yes, it was uh, one of my colleagues, actually, and her baby was having terrible digestive issues, so she wanted me to do abdominal massage, and I said it'd be way more effective if I show you how to do abdominal massage, so that you have that tool, because yes. me doing it doesn't help you at three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. a week from now. Definitely, yeah. I've never treated um, anyone as young as six weeks other than my own kids. Yes, yeah. And I, I would approach it exactly the same way. If somebody brought in a baby that little, I would be more inclined to show the parents, this is what you need to do, because, yeah, you're not going to be bringing the baby in or please don't call me at three o'clock in the morning because your baby's got gas. I don't even like babies. Like I like my own when they were babies. Are you guys going to see the look that I'm giving him? (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? We have, we have a couple people in our lives who, who have like relatively new kids, like three months old, maybe I'm like, I'm not interested. No. But when they were, when they were mine, I was like all, all over it. Now I I, I want nothing. I'm like, I'll look at your kid. I'll make a funny face. That's about it. I think the biggest paradox that I found, like if you, would have asked me as I was getting out of school like what do you want to do like what's your goal I would have been like athletes yeah mm-hmm. I actually am really like the doing the um, pelvic health course today like I really enjoy women's issues I really enjoy pre and postnatal clients I want to do more of that I never want to have my own fucking children fair like, that is the worst fucking thing that would happen <laughs> in my life is if I had my own children I just I don't want that but like helping other people with their children and like so like, wait wait, stuff wait. Is cool. you, you don't want children or no. you don't like the idea of being pregnant or Both. you don't like the idea of spitting out a baby from your lady bits all of the above all of it i think all of it and that's fair and you know you don't have to have your own children or ever want children to work in that field um the person that i took my doula training from cindy mcneely and i always give her a shout out on the podcast i know she doesn't get a chance to listen to all the episodes but if you do listen Cindy, she needs an it guy (laughs) i do give you shout outs all the time uh Cindy was the same. Cindy didn't have her own children. And um, one time somebody made a sort of an unkind comment to her and said, you know, like, I believe that if you've never had your own children, that you can't possibly be great at this work. And I think that hurt her a little bit because she's so passionate about what she does. And she's amazing at what she does. And I I don't think so. Um, Did she tell him to fuck off? I hope so. I can't imagine her saying fuck off to anybody. (laughs) No, that's part of the reason she doesn't listen to all of our episodes. They're too racy for her. The language. (laughs) The language. I just started swearing like all out. Should I have? No, that's totally fine. Sailor? It's totally fine. Our first midwife, I don't know how well you remember her. Her name was Nadia. Yes, I remember Nadia her very well. Nadia didn't have any children. And out of the four midwives I worked with in that practice over two pregnancies, she was incredible. Amazing at what she did. And she didn't have kids. She does now. She adopted a son. You don't need to have kids. Does my does my cardiologist need to have heart problems? Like, fuck I, no. No, <laughs> <course> no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's fascinating what the human body can do. I think it's fascinating how pregnancy can just wreck the joint. And I like the idea of being able to help put that back together. I like it. So I guess that's... That's like kind of, I wouldn't say I have one specialty. I wouldn't say I'm moving towards any one particular thing. I thought about that a lot, knowing that I was coming on this podcast. I thought about like, well, what's my thing? And I went, I don't really have a thing. I just, I like doing a little bit of everything. And that's a thing. That's your thing? I guess, yeah. That's my thing. All right. Um, So should we jump right into some unprofessional hour questions? Yeah, sure. You weren't listening as her and I were talking. So (laughs) I feel like if I ask questions to start with, they're going to be very leading because I know some of her juicy stories. Well, let's hear it, man. Okay. So let's start with the... um, Yeah, let's start with how how we ended up with you on the couch. So aka... uh, 
the craziest client you've ever had. No, wait, scratch that. The well, craziest, that's not the craziest, the craziest client I've ever client's had. Mother, you've yes, ever had. Yeah. I've got a different crazy client, but the craziest client's mother. So, in working with an MVA client um, who had a traumatic brain injury but was pretty functional, his mother was very um, involved, I guess, in his treatment and his course of treatment and making sure he got to his appointments and stuff, coming on time. And I had kind of run into a situation where he wasn't my client initially, he was mm-hmm. the other therapist's client. Uh, that was working at the clinic with me at the time. And so when I would see him, it was very casual. I wasn't doing a lot of assessment. I wasn't doing a lot of like, let's catch up on things outside of, you know, like, what are we working on today? How are you feeling? That kind of thing. But I didn't have goals. I wasn't really looking for a lot of progress because he wasn't my client. He wasn't my problem, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So then that RMT laughed and it just so happened to be right in time with starting another treatment plan for him. So I said, okay, let's have a sit down. Let's talk about what are we trying to accomplish? Where are we trying to go forward from here? And at the time he was doing weekly visits. And so I had said, you know, here's the thing. I think that you've progressed really well. I think you're doing great. I don't think you need to come in for weekly visits. And, uh, his mom flew off the handle at me and how dare I say that and how dare I suggest that and he absolutely needs to be here. So I kind of backpedaled and said, okay, no problem. We'll do another weekly treatment plan for however many visits. We'll revisit this in the future. So then at the end of my day, I go to leave and go to my parking lot and the mom's waiting in the parking lot for me. How, how many hours later is this? Not hours. That's, he was my last client. Okay, so by okay. the time we'll say like I did my charting, flip my table, yeah, say yeah, goodbye yeah. to my staff. So maybe like 20 minutes after he left. Would have been worse if it was like four hours It's later. still 20 Even minutes. Even 20 minutes. She was sitting there specifically waiting for Mindy to come <laughs> out. Like she was waiting for a brawl, I think. She wants a rumble. And so I, so I, she kind of, I see her walking towards me going to intercept me. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh God, oh God, what? Oh no. Can I ask you a oh. question? Was it a fast walk? Was it like a, a brisk walk or was, was it one of- it was, I mean, like she was coming towards me and she was making eyes at me and I have really poor mm. vision. So if I'm not wearing my glasses, like I'll do kind of like the squint and look, but oh I like, God. I could see she was coming at me and I'm going, oh no. And so anyway, so she says, Hey, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit more. And I said, sure. And she says, uh, I don't want you to submit that treatment plan. I said, okay, can I ask why? And she said, well, I'm not sure you're the right therapist for my son. And I said, okay, can I ask you why? And she says, well, I just don't think you have his best interests at heart. And right away, I'm going, oh, my God. Can we pause for a second? Something we didn't didn't mention Mm. is the age of the son. We're not talking a child. No, no. He's, I think, 27, 28. Oh, okay. Mm. So, yes, um, as Mindy and I spoke about off mic, he was in a pretty significant car accident and had a traumatic brain injury. Mm -hmm. But from assessing him and talking to him, he wasn't incapable of forming his own opinions and giving his own consent. He didn't need a substitute decision maker. His mother didn't need to be involved. She was just a very involved mother, which there's not necessarily anything wrong with (laughs) until you start attacking his massage therapist in the parking lot. Outside of work hours. Very strange. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So we kind of, we talked through it. I thought that we had made some good progress and then, you know, fast forward and there's a little whoopsie at the clinic and they miss book all of his hour appointments as 45 minute appointments and then the situation erupts that we have to move one of them because otherwise you know it might be five minutes short because I couldn't accommodate staying late to make it a later appointment and then I get blown up at on the well, phone. Of course, because you don't have his best interest in, in mind. No, and it was very clear, like, moving forward, that was just the idea she had formed in her head about me. Mm-hmm. And the thing that actually really kicks me in the pants, and I didn't say this before, is that I stay late for clients all the time. Like, especially my MVA clients. Like, if I feel like they need, like, those 10 extra minutes, even though it's not a part of their treatment planning, even though I'm making less money, as people will complain about with MVAs, I don't care. I'll yeah. stay for that. You're better than me. <laughs> <laughs> for fucking sure. Well, you know, like, I do really want to see people improve and move forward. Like, her 
accidents suck. And the majority of people that I've seen that have been in car accidents, they're not at fault. It's like they've been hit by drunk drivers or they've been hit. I see have so many clients right now that have been pedestrians hit by cars. Mm -hmm. Like, and so I want to see them improve. So I'm not just trying to like paint myself like an angel, but like, it's not that I don't care. It's just, I couldn't stay that day and it has nothing to do with timing. So anyway, so they come in for this meeting with me a week later and uh, go to rip me a new one about my appointment length. And like, we've been writing down the start and end times of every appointment. I have them all here in this notebook and you've been cheating him on his time. And I said, okay, well, let's talk about what an appointment includes. It's not just hands-on, it's assessment, reassessment, mm -hmm. goal setting, you know, time for you to get on the table, time for you to get off the table. Like it includes all those things. Well, is that how you are with all your clients? Yes. So she had this idea that it was just him, like you had it out for him for some reason? Yes, or that I didn't care or whatever the reason was, because I don't know. I kind of I, I kind of get it. Like, you know, your son almost died in a car accident and now you're super protective of him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I don't think it's wrong for her to be as involved as she is. And obviously now because of the accident, she's going to be more involved. It's more the fact that you're a therapist trying to have a conversation with them and set goals and do something good for him. I don't I don't get it. I'll tell you why I don't get it. Our daughter, how old was this, our daughter when uh, she had Kawasaki? Three. She was three. And we took her to a walk-in clinic, which also happened to be where I go for stuff. And the doctor there, you know, he misdiagnosed it. Not only did he misdiagnose he her, he told me it. that I was, basically told me that I was fucking crazy for even okay. suggesting so he, he had Kawasaki. Exactly. Oh. So did we go back and try to rip him a new one about stuff or do we just say, you know what, fuck it, let's just go find somebody else and let's get what we need for our kid? Well, exactly. I mean, right? I, I, didn't, could have, I, didn't, I could have gone back and complained and been really be angry point? with this guy. But yeah, point? what would be the point? Well, and even that, like, and that's, I kind of like, like I was saying to you off mic, like the whole situation, like he didn't need massage therapy really anymore. Like what are you mm. trying to accomplish with massage therapy? Like are we trying to improve your range of motion? Are we trying to decrease tone? Are we trying to... You like you, any of those things like he didn't need any can of I ask you a question how many rounds on the treatment plan how many times were they trying he to he was five years post incident mm -hmm. so he had had I don't know like innumerable amounts right of treatments but I think because he is a catastrophic he yeah. has like millions of dollars so their intent is to have him go for weekly massage basically for the rest of his life and or, and that's fair and which is fine that's that's the point I was going I guess. to make if, if it's if it's legit right if you're the therapist and you're saying ah, you don't really need this are they actually just trying to build a case so they can have a settlement with the insurance company I know a lot of people that do this where they they, their injury, yes, it might have been severe at the time, but they've made significant recoveries where they don't need as much therapy as they're asking or the, the, the therapist is putting through to get approved from the insurance company. Maybe. But holding out for a settlement because at the end of the day, the insurance company just wants to close the fucking file and mm. not pay out, pay out, pay out, mm -hmm. pay out. So one of the things that people do is, well, let's continue therapy. And even if I have to pay for it out of pocket, that way I can show the insurance company, I really think there's an issue here. There's a trend where therapy is helping me. I'm not stopping therapy. And do you get you the might, idea? You might change your mind if you hear what I was going to say. The point that his mother made to Mindy about why she wanted him to continue weekly visits is that part of the damage, the brain damage from mm -hmm. the accident was that he um, can get really worked up and the massage was helping to bring him back down and calm his nervous system down. And that's not something we can, that okay. we okay. can necessarily objectively say it is or it isn't. Okay. Mm -hmm. But they were saying this sure. is helping him to function because sure. it calms him down. And were you doing that for him? I guess. I clearly wasn't after we had this conversation because they dis spoiler, the end of the story is that they discontinued treatment with me. <laughs> but 
you know, it's it was one of those things, and I'd kind of I laid it out like this when we were trying to when we were in that meeting talking about like let's set some measurable goals, and she kept saying, "Well, what about relaxation?" And I kind of was trying to drive home like, "Listen." This is a rehabilitative clinic. I am a rehabilitative therapist. My focus of practice is not relaxation. And I need to report to the insurance company at the end of the day what they're paying for. And I can't say so-and-so is relaxed, so-and-so is not relaxed. Because as Amanda was saying, that's not a measurable goal. Mm -hmm. I can't write that on my treatment plan. There's no code for that. Yeah. There's no code in the dropdown for so-and-so is zen. Yeah. You you can't stray (laughs) from a treatment plan like that when you have an MVA. No. So So what I was saying is I understand the mother because (laughs) it probably was doing something for him or maybe she was shady as fuck. And like you said, was trying to build a case and get millions of dollars. We may never know. Um, but one of the things that uh, Mindy was telling me is that she freaked out when I guess uh, Mindy suggested to him that he may never be 100% back to what he was before the accident. Because when she asked him, what are your goals? He said, I want to be how I was before the accident. Mm. And when she said, well, realistic, let's be realistic. That may not happen. Mom went ape shit on her. Yeah. I don't even know why. Mo- I Yes, I understand mother. But at the end of the day, like you didn't have to say anything to her mother about anything. Like he's an autonomous patient. Confidentiality. You know, what That I mean? was the like, point. If he had been left with some sort of severe condition where he couldn't make these decisions on his own, fine. Did but you, he could. Did you ever even bring that up to mom? Be like, listen, what, I ha- what happens in the clinic space with me and your son really stays in the clinic space with me and your son. If you want to know what happens there, you have to talk to him. Or he has to give me written consent to say that he you can release information about what's going on with him in his treatment plan. So you did suggest that. That sounds like something I would circle. say. That is something you told me. So I guess that's what we were trying to bring full circle is how I got here as I contacted mm-hmm. Mark about this because I needed to talk to someone who had been in the game longer than me. You know how she described any... you, by the way? She said, I needed to talk to I another an grown adult. up or <laughs> yeah. an adult. I needed oh, an adult. You got that wrong. <laughs> I needed a grown up. But anyway, Look around. <laughs> nothing about this office that's grown up. Oh, I think it's great. Loved your jams when we came in this morning. (laughs) But yeah, so that was kind of, yeah, she hated that. She hated that I said that, you know, like he won't be back that way. And like, maybe I was wrong for saying that. Like, I wasn't trying to crush his dreams. I didn't say he was never going to be able to do the things he could do before. But... Like, I, I don't think that I was wrong to say that. Like, I don't think you were wrong to... I don't like to give false hope. Well, exactly. I don't think that you saying, yeah, we can get you back to pre-accident would have been the right thing. I would say if this situation ever occurred again, since you're such a goal-oriented therapist, which I think is great, say, okay, what does that mean? What do you want to do? Yeah. Or how, like, what... What aspects of your previous life do you feel are missing now so that we could start working towards them? Working towards them, fine. And then, you know, maybe a disclaimer at the end, you know, every little step we make towards that is good. We may not get there 100%. But even still, I don't know why his mom freaked out on you for that. Because she's crazy. <laughs> How old was she, roughly? Oh, if you have to guess. Wow, I don't know. Maybe well, he's in her 27. late 50s. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah, 50s-ish would be my guess. Crazy. Well, <laughs> Something happens to mothers when, I get it. when yeah. they're protecting their children. It was a very mama bear-esque thing. But it, this, is, this is beyond protecting your child. Yeah, and that's that's why you may be onto something with and the that's insurance not, money. And, and that's not a child. Well, no, I mean, I think in her eyes he is now, but I don't know. And like, I should really stress that like it wasn't like he was cognitively impaired like to have a con like we would have conversations while he Mm -hmm. was on the table and he was I mean maybe a little slower to grab a word here and there but like he like was very like 
functional in that sense. So anyway, so that's what brought me here is I needed a grown up and I decided Mark was it. <laughs> you chose Porgy. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Hey, well, Indiana Jones, right? <laughs> you know that I didn't know that was from Indiana Jones. I saw it on like a sitcom. And so I would always say that to him. You chose poorly. And he thought I was quoting Indiana Jones for years. And then it broke his heart when I was like, by the way, I've never seen Indiana Jones. I don't know what you're talking about. Which Indiana Jones is that from? Holy Grail. Oh. Is that the one with the face melting? Uh, no, that was uh, that was the first one. All I've ever seen is the first one, and then actually, no, they, they, they all kind of have a face melting moment because in in that particular scene, um, there's a face melt. Okay, you don't you don't know the scene I'm talking about. So the scene is the the movie is Sean Connery is 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 uh, Indiana Jones's father, and he is I fell asleep shortly after we met. Sean he's Connery. on a massive quest to find the Holy Grail, right? But the Nazis are also on a massive quest to find the Holy Grail. As yes, well. okay. Yeah, so so the I'm s- thinking of the Ark of the Covenant, which also had Nazis and face melting. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very different. So, so so at that scene, essentially, uh, one of the uh, protagonists is there with the knight who's guarding all of the chapters and he has to choose which is which to have eternal life and so he he takes the chalice he's like this is this is the cup of a king or some some line like that and then he puts it in the water drinks it and he's like you chose poorly mm-hmm. <laughs> well now i know <laughs> some, maybe i made that up i don't know <laughs> i don't know okay um you said at the beginning of that last story that that was not the craziest yes. client you've ever had oh no so I want to know about the real craziest client you've ever had. I call him the preacher. Is this at the same clinic? Yeah. There's something in the water, wherever your clinic's at. Actually, and interestingly enough, in the last year, I've picked up a side hustle. I work at a spa now as well. I've been helping out a friend who's been trying to replace her RMT since last year. But that's mm. all been like really like just like chill people that want like scented oil and to take a nap. No one's weird there. No one yells at me. No one tries to convert me. So anyway, so I getting in it. So I call him the preacher. He's yeah. a Christian minister. He started seeing me maybe four years ago and it all kind of starts I'm doing my assessment and for music I don't use spa music I've got like a big playlist that I use it's all like a lot like just like chill acoustic stuff mm-hmm. but one of the things that's on there is it's a it's a girls choir and they sing covers of 90s songs so it's like Metallica yeah, yeah. and Pearl Jam but like sung by like a girls choir mm-hmm. and so he his ears pick up on this and he cuts me off in the middle of the assessment and went this is beautiful music what is this is this is this Metallica. a church choir? And, I, and in my head, I was like, yeah, it's Metallica. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's actually this 90s girls choir, blah, blah, blah. Anyways. And so that should have been like my first clue about something. So anyways, so we get him on the table and he says, so, you know, I'm, it comes out somewhere in there that he's a Christian minister. Great. No problem. And so he says, so if you don't mind me asking, do you believe in God? Oh, and that no. was my first mistake because my answer should have been Yes. Yes, I do. But instead I said, well, I mean, honestly, no, I, I don't. I'm an atheist, but I respect everyone's... Oh, Mindy, you set yourself up for the preaching. It was so dumb. <laughs> and I said, you know, no, I don't, but I respect everyone else's like right to religion because I have a lot of different, like mm-hmm. like people from different faith backgrounds. And I yeah, enjoy sure. those types of theological conversations. I don't enjoy people trying to save my soul. So from then onwards, m- like moving forward... Wait, he, wait, wait, before what, you finish. What was oh, his oh, response? No, wait. Wait, wait, okay, I sir. will I need to ask this. Okay. Because you're an atheist. Yes. Do you believe that you have a soul? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Okay, so carry I was, on. <laughs> so I was raised Catholic, which I think I like slid in there somewhere as he started to minister me because I was like, no, no, like I know about the JC and his dad and the the whole thing. Like I got it. Like I've been there. Like got all my sacraments, but not for me, thanks. So he started using every treatment as an opportunity to try to save me and try to educate me, and he he would just start t- yammering at me, and he would say things like, "Do you mind if I say a little blessing over you?" And in my head, I'm thinking, "Dude, like, yes, you are naked." on a table there shall be no blessings here <laughs> like no <laughs> and we got into a big argument one day and this is all during treatment like you're all during treatment like you're massaging a all hamstring ha- and- all hands-on and you know and like like sermons I like full half hour long sermons about God's love and I should look in the mirror because I am created in God's holy image and I need to see that within myself and welcome him and Jesus into my life and like no shade to people who believe in in, in that like I'm, I'm not of trying course. to make fun of that as a belief system I, it's really just like this man getting all up in my face about it and so we got into a big argument one day because it was Jesus. right around the time when they uh, changed the sex ed curriculum mm-hmm. a couple years ago, mm-hmm. if you recall that, and everyone mm-hmm. being up in arms about it. Mm-hmm. And him kind of starting a conversation with me about that and me saying, well, actually, I don't think it's that bad of a thing to teach children about consent or body autonomy. Well, do you know they're teaching kids about anal sex? I said, dun, well, that's, dun, dun. that's not really what they're doing. It's not a how-to guy. They're not watching porn and third grade no and no. i don't really think you need a how-to guide for that no <laughs> <laughs> i suppose here. not and there's some I'm on joking. the internet <laughs> and so i said and so i'm kind of trying to like fluff it off like that and then he's getting more irate and then he says you know f- before that he said something about it's all because of the immigrants and i went whoa <gasps> this man is an immigrant to canada he's been here for many years so he's blaming immigrants for changing the sex ed curriculum? No, that was You want to know why? It's because immigrants do not know about anal sex. (laughs) Are we counting Greeks? (laughs) Oh. I don't don't remember. Like, it was something, he was throwing the immigrants under the bus or something, but then the real kicker for me is he said, well, I don't know what you think about the homosexuals. And that's where I just cut across him and went, you know what? I think they're great. A one top drawer, some of my favorite people. And this conversation is done now. We're done here. Mm. So now whenever he tries to book in with me, I don't let the clinic put him on my cancellation list. If I I'm can't believe booked. he would still want to book with you unless he's Constantly. just, he's, he's trying to save your soul. That's he thinks it. I'm great. He like, he wants, because our clinic is within a bigger building, people go and do like mall walking in it. And he comes in mall walks and specifically if he sees me through the windows, sticks his head in to say, hello, Mindy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he thinks I'm great. And every time he comes in and he, like, I figured out how to deal with it now. So now when he, like, lectures me on Jesus, I mentally turn off. Actually, what did he say? There was, he was in a couple weeks ago and he wanted to bless my friend's wedding. Like, I was saying uh, for the weekend I was going to be at my friend's wedding. He said, can I bless your friend's wedding? And I always say no. I always say no because I don't want to welcome it. But that day, specific day, I was like, sure. Go for any, oh, heavenly father, you know, in heaven, let Mindy's friend's wedding be, uh, and like goes off and, and like, it was a like, good 10 minute blessing while I was, you know, doing my thing, doing my Swedish. You're my listening Swedish. to Metallica in the background. Yeah. He's blessing your friend's wedding. And so he, he finished and like, I'm silent. Like, you know, I didn't even, mm-hmm, like just dead silent. And he finishes. <laughs> I left maybe two like beat beats. Well, that was succinct. 
And then how about that weather today? Can you say homosexual anymore? I just feel like that's 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 kind of on the verge of political incorrectness. What he should have said then is, what about those gays? I'm confused at this. I always get confused because I'm old and I never know what's right and what's wrong anymore. Jesus, I need to have more coffee. Hold on. You want some beer instead? I probably shouldn't. I got a joint in the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, things are about to get fun in here. Um, so uh, yeah, we're always taught we're not supposed to talk about religion and this is the perfect example. Yes. So whenever a client asks me, because this neighborhood, there's, uh, I think majority of my clients are Catholic. Mm-hmm. I have um, a few clients who are Muslim. I have a Hindu client. I've got some Christians, but I think majority of my clients are Catholic and I think it's the neighborhood we live in. But even though I was raised Catholic and am Catholic, if a client asks me like, are you religious or do you go to church or whatever? I literally just say like, yeah, I have beliefs. I'm spiritual and I change the subject. And if they if they push it, and I usually end up saying, religion's not normally a topic of conversation I like to get into. That is such a better way to deal with that this instead never, of being honest. This never happens to me. No? I never get the religion stuff. Do you talk to your clients? That's because you don't talk to people. Well, I mean, when they talk to me, religion never comes. Maybe I just look like a guy just not into Jesus. Although, you know, maybe I am. I don't know. People shouldn't make those types of assumptions about but you. people no, do. They, they should not. And actually, something that um, Mindy and I were talking about off mic, and I didn't say this when we were talking, but you had mentioned going back to the mother. Mm. um, I asked her, do you think that the other therapist that originally was caring for her son got this same kind of, um, I don't even know what it is, bullying kind Mm -hmm. of. And she said, no, I don't think she did. And part of it might be because Mindy is very close in age to the client. And Mm -hmm. so she was almost condescending to her because she Mm. didn't view her as a professional. And then I was going to ask you, do you think, because Mindy's got tattoo sleeves and piercings, do you think that played a role? We've talked about this in the podcast a few times about looking a certain way. Do you think that she looked at you as unprofessional with the tattoos and the piercings? I don't know. I will say that although, I do look a little bit unaverage until quite recently I had a head full of blue hair as well like just a whole head full of it and so going out to greet clients you know in a lobby with a shaved head partially and blue hair and tattoos and all that kind of thing you would think that maybe sometimes especially with new clients I would get like a response like a look an eyebrow raise but literally never no one has ever treated me I'm so happy to hear that oh the I've actually the the only time I have been like notably I can tell a story about that after but like I've never had anyone respond that way and honestly the demographic that speaks the most positively to me about my appearance are old people. My octogenarians love my tattoos. Really? Love them. Yeah, when I wear short sleeves, they love it. They're, oh, look at, is this new? Did you get work done on this? Tell me about that. It's like a like a interesting point of conversation with them. They love my appearance. Amazing. So I don't know. Maybe she did have a particular prejudice towards it me was ju- that, Yeah, it was just a thought because we've talked about that before, about how it used to be that tattoos and piercings were viewed as unprofessional. Mm-hmm. And really, what does you having tattoos or piercings have to do? do at all with your professionalism. Well, and that's always been my argument. So when I was in school and I started applying for jobs before I graduated, I got an interview and a job offer. Like I was hired on at a clinic before I even graduated to start. And uh, it was at a chiro clinic. There was another RMT there. She was going to rent her room to me as well. Like it was going to be a part-time thing. And everything was hunky-dory and well and good. And then I was doing like a kind of like a welcome to the clinic interview with her in the Cairo. And it was like a really casual thing she threw out in conversation. It was like, so parking is here. We don't smoke on premises. You're going to have to take out your facial piercings, blah, 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 blah. It was just like a thing she threw in. And I kind of stopped and went, what? 
And she says, well, you know, we, we've got a lot of elderly clients and we don't want to offend them. And in my head, I'm thinking the same thing offend I just said. Them? Like, old people love me. <laughs> old people think I'm great. Like, I don't. And so, like, it really upset me. But I, you know, I was a new grad and I thought, or I was about to be a new grad. And I thought, okay, well, like, I guess maybe I can take it out before I come and I can put them back in, like, when I leave. But that seemed like kind of a pain in the butt. But I guess if it's just you know, the face metal, no problem. And then I got my contract and it, like they had actually, they sent me one contract. And then like an hour later, they said, disregard that. We've sent you a different one. And the difference between the two of them was the dress code policy. And the dress code policy they had sent the second one was like, you know, no more than one earring per ear. Oh my God. No facial piercings, no exposed tattoos, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of just kindly sent back and I was like, look, I don't think that I'm the person for your clinic. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think I'm the one for you. But I've never encountered that since. Like even like going into interview at the clinic that I've been at now, which is almost five years, I went in with a full head full of synthetic dreadlocks. So my hair was, no one can see this, but you too, but Mm -hmm. yay big with blue and red dreadlocks. It was huge. And I walked into that interview and they never, like not a facial expression, no one batted an eye. That's how I started my practice. Like nothing. I don't think, and my argument has always been like, professionalism is your attitude. It's how you comport yourself. It's how you interact with your clients. Mm -hmm. It's how you, you know, your quality of care. It has nothing to do to me with my appearance. Also, people are face down with their eyes closed. They don't know what I look like. <laughs> That's always my defense for They're you know not my doing feet. my hair and makeup before coming to work. <laughs> well, they're not. No one's looking at me. They got their eyes closed. Fuck everybody. <laughs> Did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed? No, but that that shit bothers me. It bothers me a lot. But I understand. Fine, I'm not the therapist for you, and you guys just part ways on that. But I'd still bother the shit out of me. Mm, it did at the time. I don't think it does now, because ultimately, I don't think that I would have been happy there. Yeah. No, not if they think that way, because then you don't match with them, and you're not the therapist. But for that's them. not the point. The point is, like, you're calling this out for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For whatever preconceived notion that you have about me and or people that look the way I look, and all the rest of it, like it just. Fuck off. <laughs> I mean, yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So if we're going back to things we talked about beforehand, it's like her and I already did this podcast just chatting waiting for you. <laughs> I had mentioned at the beginning that you were here for a continuing ed course. You take mm-hmm. a lot of continuing ed. And you had mentioned, um, we don't necessarily have to say who the instructor was or no. what the course was. No. But um, why don't we talk about this crazy experience you had at a continuing education course? So I am a pretty evidence-based practitioner. I've got room in my headspace for, you know, things that we don't necessarily know a lot about yet. Maybe there's something that I don't understand, but that doesn't mean that it's bullshit. You know, like I, I can totally open myself up to stuff like that. So I'm She not even tried to listen to the Matrix Repatterning podcast <laughs> to see if she would understand it. And she was open-minded to hearing about it. I um, was. And it, it was an interesting listen. It definitely had my full attention for the entirety of the podcast. I will say that. So, yeah, a friend of mine had asked me if he wanted, if I wanted to go and do a continuing ed course with him. And I said, yes. And I kind of sent him a couple links. He sent me a couple. And he had decided that we should do this one that ended up being local. And it was a fascial release course. I do a lot of myofascial work. So I thought, that's great. That's great for me. And who diggity. It was just a time. <laughs> he, it was um, rolfing. It wasn't rolfing, though. It was this guy's take on rolfing he took rolfing and like did his own thing Mm -hmm. his own (laughs) his own rolfing thing that he called a different thing that we won't mention but it was a lot of just okay so now what you're gonna do is you're gonna look at your body like the body of the person that you're working on you're gonna look at your body and you're just gonna decide which side you want to start the technique on and i said okay well how do you choose that like what kind of parameters like what am i looking for just 
You just feel it out, whatever feels right. Okay. And every treatment you start, like you, we start with like, you know, treatment one, part one, we start with the costals on the costal angle. But Great. why? Why? Well, that's just how we do it. And that was basically 16 hours of my whole life. 16 hours of trust your gut and just accept what I say. <laughs> this shit bothers me being a continuing education provider that you feel okay to take someone's money. So much money. Have them come in, sit, and you say nothing that is of any value at all and you feel good about it. That's I, fucked up. The best I spent was... more on that than I did on the course this weekend, which I see a thousand times more value in. That's completely jacked up. Yeah, that's oh. crazy. Well, and again, oh. it's if you can't if you can't back up anything with evidence. Mm. Wait, wait, I, I can't. Is this your emotions are stored in your fascial tissue kind of no, thing? No, it wasn't that necessarily, okay. but there might have been some emotions <laughs> in there. But no, it wasn't that. It was um, just you know everyone's got these systemic adhesions and you just have to get them all out the same way but honestly some of the stuff that he was telling us to do seemed kind of like counterintuitive or dangerous mm. like some of the techniques I was but like, there were no contraindications bad. right but there were no contraindications someone asked about that like you know like i have clients that have like such and such an issue would that be a contraindication? well no there's there's no contraindications this is okay for everyone Everyone can do the this. The voice is killing me. My That's favorite the- <laughs> part of the whole story, though, was how he um, approached Mindy at the very end of the weekend. This is so... We, I, was work- <gasps> I was working with my partner. Like, we were almost kind of done. We was towards the end of the workshop. And he said, so, I'm getting the impression that you're not really here with us. And I was like, I mean, like, I'm in the room. He's like, but you're not really here. I went, well... No, (laughs) I suppose I'm not. I suppose you're right. And then at the end, when he was giving us our completion certificates, he wanted to give everyone a nice affirming hug. And I kind of just put my hand out and went, I don't hug, (laughs) but thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I can't even do the voice without laughing. (laughs) I'm convinced you need Jesus. That's the problem. I that, need that is the problem. to just normalize my appearance, get yep. some Jesus up in here, mm-hmm. yep. and then yep. maybe I'll understand matrix repatterning. Yep. That's what I need. <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah. That's the ticket. <laughs> oh, no, man. I'm pretty close with Jesus, and I didn't get it either. <laughs> <laughs> do you think I would have gotten a hug at that course? Yeah. Are I you think sure? So. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think that people are so turned off by you? I think it's the opposite. Although you might have this... Um, I don't know, rough exterior with the earrings and the tattoos and the all black and the motorcycle helmet. I think people can read your <laughs> You made it energy. sound like I just walk around with a motorcycle helmet. FYI. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a weird look. Sometimes he kind of does. I'm pretty sure yesterday he put on his helmet just for fun. Just because? Because I put I'm accessories kidding. on He bought helmet. accessories for it. Who buys accessories for their motorcycle helmet? Mm, motorcycle riders. <laughs> exactly. Correct. That's true. Can confirm that. But no, I think that, I think you give off... Um, an energy that people are comfortable with. Cause I tell him all the time, like I, I wouldn't necessarily say like I'm a jealous wife in any way, but I'm like, why is every female comfortable telling you things they're not comfortable telling their best friend? It's probably cause I look like I don't care. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, you're pretty, you're pretty non-judgmental, but oh my God, the things that people come to him with, like even my own friends, my best friends, if they have a problem, 
they will call him. It, you know what? It might honestly be a little bit of that uh, quote-unquote alternative look because the things that people tell me, my God, the stories that I get when people are on the table sometimes. Mm. Maybe there's something about your looks that says, I'm not judging you. Yeah, and I'm, I'm an open ju- book. Non-judgmental. Yeah, yeah. I haven't thought of that. I never really thought of it that way. But yeah, like he always makes jokes about like, well, nobody wants to talk to me. Look at me. I look like a deadbeat. Like he jokes around <laughs> like that. But I'm like, but actually everybody wants to talk to you and everybody does talk to you. You don't I always just don't speak talk back. back. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of it though. Being, you know, open to just listen and not constantly need to put your own two cents in mm-hmm. causes people to talk more, right? Shit, I got to change that thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you talk more, people have less room to let, like, let their own stuff in. Mm. There we go. Mindy figured it out. I'm learning stuff. (laughs) So what other questions do you want to ask her? Oh, no, man. I feel like we can just (laughs) wind you up and let you go and you're just going to keep going. Sure. I mean, I'm a pretty open book. Have you had any inappropriate experiences as a therapist? Because from what I'm getting off of you, the read I'm getting off of you is you have no... Okay. Before I say this, I don't like confrontation. I don't in any way. I don't like it. Yesterday, I had to go speak to the management of our building about an issue I'm having. And I made Mark come with me because I was afraid I wouldn't have the balls to stand up to them when they shut me down because they always shut me. They always shut you down, right? They just want to shut you up and get you out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I am too passive. I need help. Although once we got there, he said nothing and I started swearing. I didn't need to say anything because you started swearing. (laughs) I grew some balls. I don't know what happened. But from what I'm getting off of view is that you are not like me like you're not going to take shit and if somebody's doing something you're going to shut it down so have you encountered any inappropriate experiences as a therapist um not really no um like like by inappropriate you mean like you know like weird boners here and there sure like you know someone falls asleep (laughs) and they get a semi (laughs) as opposed to all the other normal boners (laughs) <laughs> like, has anyone tried to get me to touch their boner? Hell no. Like, absolutely not. You know. Boner. <laughs> <laughs> See? Not a grown up. Because <laughs> it's such a great word. I, I, sh- I guess I could have said erection. <laughs> It's such a great word. It's such a great word. And I used to watch Growing Pains, and I never, I never for the life of me figured out how this family show has a can character have a character named, named Boner. Boner. Great question. That is a good question. I mean, great question. How does Sylvester Stabone get by and his name, and they call him Boner? Even that. Even that. Like, who was in that writing room? It's like, this is going to be great. Was great. I'm talking well, about like it still things now. that are written in just for parents in like kids shows and kids movies. It might have been one of those things where like, yeah, the adults will get it. Teenagers will think it's funny and the little kids won't think anything of it. But they'll start running around the schoolyard saying, you're boner. Yeah, I'm boner. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like not not really like a few boundary crossing things. Yes. Like so what? I guess like here's a good question or a good good story. So I have a client. So I'm also I didn't say this, but my history before I was a massage therapist is that I was a personal trainer and a fitness instructor. And I still do teach group fitness um, part-time just for funsies. But just not, for funsies. Just for funsies. Nothing like super serious now at this point because I don't really have the time for that. But a few of my clients from that have filtered over to become clients of mine for massage therapy. And so one of them, I mean, kind of, he's kind of like a bit of a nerdy dude, like a little bit like kind of geeky, a little bit awkward. And so having, you know, conversations with him, you know, he overshares and then awkwardly giggles, like that kind mm-hmm, of conversation. Mm-hmm. And so he started about a year ago telling me about this girl that he was becoming friends with 
And, you know, it's very obvious that he has feelings for her, but he mentions that she's married. And so those conversations progress every time I see him about like, oh, they're doing this together now. And in my head, I keep thinking like, "Mm, y'all are going to. Yeah. She's married. That's that's going to happen. What's that sound? (laughs) Not to be repeated. Is that the sound of (laughs) it? No comments. Um, and so, you know, like that, those conversations progress over a period of time. So the one day I'm, you know, he comes in, yeah, my hamstrings are a bit tight, my back, blah, blah, blah. And so I start on his legs and we're talking, we're talking. And then I go like, we're like mid conversation. I go to undrape his back and all of this, I swear to God happens in the span of two seconds in my head. So I undrape his back and he's covered in claw marks. And in my head immediately I went, oh my God, someone's been abusing him. No, wait, he's been attacked by a wild animal. Oh my God, it's from sex. (laughs) (laughs) So, but it goes kind of like start to undrape, pause, all those thoughts, beep, beep, oh. And then I finish undraping his back, trying not to make a big deal out of it. But then he pauses because he has noted my like brief, like, and so it goes, oh, um, uh, yeah. So, and then like launches into telling me all about the wild sex they've been having. And I'm going, whoa, whoa, no, no, please don't tell me these like intimate details. Like I oh got it. God. I want to know them. No, I'm not going to repeat that. So I set up a safe word with him. Cause I was like, I understand like you feel safe talking to me about this. Cause I'm not Is in the your safe life. word. Tell me more. <laughs> it was purple monkey dishwasher. <laughs> When he started going too far, I would just scream purple monkey dishwasher <laughs> like too much. That is a good idea because I as well feel like a lot of my clients tell me things that I don't want to hear. And sometimes it's very innocent. Like I think they get too comfortable. And I have this one client, this male client. His wife was actually my client first. So I've been seeing her for years. And she finally convinced him to start getting therapy because he was always like, oh, no, massage. Oh, no, no, I don't want anyone touching me. So anyway, he's been seeing me now for probably I don't know, two years. And he's he's become more and more comfortable with me. He used to be very rigid. Like you guys obviously can't see me, but he would lay on the table like this, like <laughs> literally like shoulders at his ears, mm-hmm. just, you know, not comfortable. And it was very obvious. So we had to work through all that. And now he's very comfortable. And he talks to me through the entire treatment, whether he's booked 30 or 90 minutes, he talks the entire time. And so one treatment, I undraped his back and I noticed um, what looked like bruises on the very back of his neck. And I was like, oh no, what happened? Like without even thinking, it was just insane. I said, oh no, what happened? I said, I, I, you have bruises here. And he said, oh no, those aren't bruises. Those are hickeys. And then he went on to tell me that, you know, he and his wife were unable to have sex because they were going through fertility treatments. And he's like, she, he's like, she just can't handle it, you know, so she jumps me every time. And I'm like, stop, stop, stop. I don't, that's enough. They're hickeys. Okay, I get it. Let's, let's talk about something else. Same as me though. Like, oh no, you've been attacked by a wild animal. Yeah. For a second, I was like, oh my God, what happened? These looked aggressive Mm -hmm. and they were on the back of his neck. So Uh, hickey didn't even come into my mind. Hickey not being 14 is weird. So weird. Two, the back of your neck is weird. Also weird. Yeah. He's like 40. (laughs) He's not not a teenager. (laughs) But I feel like that's what's trained into you when you go through massage therapy school, right? Is like, look for signs of abuse. You have to report abuse if you see it. And so like, that was like, that's my immediate response when I see these type of things. Like, who's hurting you? Yeah, well, that was awkward. (laughs) Yeah. The Opened best was when I saw his worms. wife the following week. I'm like, I can't look you in the oh, eyes. No. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, that's the worst when you see husbands and wives, period. I have mm-hmm. so many of those. Yeah, I have a lot of those. And you know, like one saying one thing and the other one saying the other thing. And you're going, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had someone say to me once like, oh, you don't, you don't like tell my, my <laughs> wife about what we talk about. Do you say, no, I don't. Whatever, whatever you talk about in this room stays in this room. But as soon as I said that, I was like, that is not an invitation to tell me more things. But it was. <laughs> it was. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this shit never happens to me. They're usually in too much pain. Like the people that come to see Mark, they're, you know, their arms about to fall off. Yeah, they can't talk. They're in pain. So any other juicy stories that you have? I feel like you've got a billion. Oh, I, I don't know about that. Um, well, we talked about irate mother. Irate have you mother. ever had an irate client, like somebody who refuses to pay or says that you didn't do what they asked for or you didn't give them the right amount of time or anything like that? Uh, I had someone be a complete asshole to me because I was a woman. Whoa. Oh, I want to talk about that. <laughs> It was probably within like my first six months of being out and practicing. And so I wasn't like super confident, I guess, in myself. Yeah, like confident enough, but like not like like really willing to stand my ground. And he was coming in and he had he was seeing one of the female physios that we have on staff and he was seeing me. And like basically he just had like a huge like grapefruit size lump in his rhomboids. And it was all just like compensatory stuff, like postural, like very obvious that me drilling my elbow into his rhomboids for an hour was not going to solve the problem. And Mm -hmm. I was trying to explain that to him. So every time he'd come in, I'd be like, you know, I think we should look at treating your pecs. I think we should try to treat your subscap. I think we should try to like open up through like all of these other muscle groups basically. And here's why I think this. And so I'd give him a lot of explanation and he'd be like, "Mm, mm, mm, mm." (laughs) was it your uncle? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Sorry, Mark's uncle sounds just like that. <laughs> and then he would ask me these really pressing questions like, you know, like, well, where did you go to school? And I'd say, well, I went to, you know, the Canadian College of Massage and Hydrotherapy. Well, where did you do your university education? And I said, well, I did not get a undergrad in university before I went to college for massage. Oh, it's like, Great, great. And so I would try to suggest to him these are the things we should try. And like he would kind of be like, fine, try. And then like I would try to do something and he would like just like not let me move his arm. Like he would just like resist me moving his arm or I would try to like... Like get like say like into his lats or like his subscap or something, and he would just like flex against me, <laughs> and I'd be like, "I'm gonna need you to relax if you if I'm gonna try this." And he'd be like, "I don't want you to do that." And I said, "Okay," you know. And again, explain like I can't just drill my elbow into your back for an hour because that's going to damage your tissue. But that's what he wanted. That's what he wanted. Yes. He wanted me because in his head, he puts a lacrosse ball in his back and he leans against his wall and he feels better. So he wanted to pay X dollars to have me do that to him. Mm -hmm. And that was going to make it better. And so no matter how many times I tried to explain to him, that wasn't going to make it better. He didn't believe me. Same thing with his physio because I would go and talk to her and be like, what's the deal? And she would try to tell the same things and he would say no. And we kind of just like hit a wall where I was like, hey, do you know what? Like, I just don't think that, the you know, we can move any further with massage therapy. Maybe you should like seek outside help. He said, fine, maybe I will. And so he does. I, I don't know if that was a threat. Oh, okay. And so he comes back to the clinic maybe a week later, having seen a male sports med doc and said, hey, guess what? Dr. So-and-so said it's all this compensatory stuff. La, la, la. I need to have this and this treated. Stop it. It's dead serious. And it was like, oh, okay. So I said that and she said that and we didn't know what we were talking about, but a man said it and now it's real. Oh, I see. Or is it... 
the I'm, doctor said that. Yeah, I was going to say uh, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you that it was a, a male Miss, female. You thing. didn't go to university. Mm. Well, I mean that might physio, have been part of it. She's been, to, but she's been university. You're a physio, but that's a doctor. I guess that was one. Actually, that's where my head went because a similar situation happened to me the other night, and not in an aggressive way. This is a client that's been with me. Actually, she was one of my first patients, so mm. she loves me. She's followed me around the city, and I don't think she meant this disrespectfully, but. I have been telling her the same things for years about what she needs to do in terms of home care and why this problem keeps happening and what's going like I've been telling her the same things and last treatment she had with me she said oh guess what I started doing yoga which was my recommendation Mm -hmm. so um, a month ago when I saw or two months ago sorry when I saw her I suggested um, that she try yoga and so she said oh guess what I've started yoga and this is so much better and that is so much better And I'm like great I'm so happy that that's working for you and then she said oh this yoga instructor is amazing too she told me that I should be doing this 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 and this and that's gonna help and I was like Mm -hmm. are you fucking kidding me like I I I bit my tongue so I'm like I can't say that to her but I was like I've been saying that to you. This is yeah. not news. But the yoga instructor said it, and now you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. I like. I threw my hands up in the air. Okay, all right. So, I guess you can't get offended by that shit. But fuck, man. <laughs> I mean, you can though. So wait a minute. If if that dude just wanted you to drop your elbow in his rhomboids, mm-hmm. and he's willing to pay for it, and he's he's hearing from you and the physio, like this is really not going to fix your issue, dude. Why wouldn't you just be like, fuck it? If this is what he wants, and he wants to pay for it, and he gets relief from it, and he knows the deal, like this is ultimately not going to make a big difference in you know his his condition overall. But he this is what he wants. Okay, sir. Uh, my own professional integrity and quality of life. I can't just sit and for an hour and mm. still like feel good about my day, I guess. But even if he's telling you like this, is, I, I, I know everything you're telling me mm-hmm. and I actually believe everything you're telling me, but this is just really what I fucking want. No. No? It no. would be hard too because then <laughs> let's say he did eventually go to the sport med doctor because her sticking her elbow in his rhomboids wasn't working and then the sport med doctor said all those things. Then when he came back to say, hey, guess what this guy said? Well, then it looks like she didn't know what she was doing to begin with because all she was doing was sticking her elbow in his rhomboid. Just wondering. Like a little bit of that, but honestly, no, just because I'm stubborn and it's not just kind of my whole view on like my practice and the way I look at things with my clients is like, I'm not going to do something just because it makes you happy. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to do what is, you know, what I feel is in my professional best opinion to do for you. And I'll share that with you. I'll educate you on that. Like maybe we can throw like a little bit of something, something in there that, you know, you think is going to make you feel better because that's what you want. So sure, let's do that. But Mm -hmm. like ultimately, you know, if I think this is what's in your best interest then I'm going to promote that we do that because mm-hmm. ultimately like if you, I'm the professional in the room then I should know more than like Joe Blow off the street who just wants an elbow drop in theory I you mean, should be doing what do I know cross ball. <laughs> I haven't been into university oh, right. so oh, what do yes. I know what do you know <laughs> what so let know? me ask you then off mic you said so many years in customer service that mm-hmm. you were still somewhat bothered by the mother and the son because it it ended on such bad terms and you felt like oh did I do something wrong is the customer always right should I have handled it differently but in this case with this dude, you don't feel that way? Oh, no. It still scared the hell out of me to say that. And I still like sometimes wonder like, because, oh. yeah, like my background. So before and intra being in fitness, like I, you know, I worked customer service doing retail. I've worked in hospitality, like bartending, like waitressing, like all that stuff for years and years and years and like all through massage therapy school and that kind of thing as well. And so, yeah, the customer is always right. And so sometimes, yeah, I just I still get totally like 
freaked out. Like I have a situation that I'm dealing with right now, like that just came up in the last week and I'm still like, Ugh, are we allowed know. to talk about it? Yeah, we can. All right. I had, uh, it's a husband and wife that I see. Neither of them really like need anything particular. They're just coming in for a massage. I thought you were going to say neither of them really like each other. Oh, I they don't. They super don't. Too. They also super don't. That Also that, like she's like this really intense Russian woman who just runs the show. It's very clear that she calls the shots. Like his contact information in our system is her contact information. Mm. We have no way to reach him. We can only reach her. That's what he provided us. That's kind of the scene. And so my office admin had brought to my attention this week that she has booked both of them every Monday and Wednesday at six o'clock for 12 weeks in my schedule. I am super busy. I have only two evenings of availability at my clinic and they have taken every six o'clock appointment between the two of them for 12 weeks. And I was like, well, that's not cool. I have mm. other people that actually legitimately need therapy and are just burning their benefits because that's all she's doing. She just wants to burn their benefits mm -hmm. before they re-up. And she said that explicitly. And so it was an error on, I would say, our staff to let them book that in the first place. Mm -hmm. They probably shouldn't have let them do that, but they did. And so now it's been brought to my attention. Okay, here's the situation. And I went, oh... I've got other people that can only come in the evenings that are going to need to get in sometime before April. So that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. And so I emailed her, <laughs> addressed it to both of them, even though it was going to the same email address, because that's the only email address he's provided us with. And uh, so I emailed them and said, hey, just like this has come to my attention, pointed out all the reasons like, you know, massage therapy is great for these things. But, you know, here's why maybe we should take some time in between appointments. And because we're not rehabbing a specific injury and condition, this is just maintenance. Here's the schedule. I highly recommend. I will have someone contact you in the next few days to reschedule these appointments for you so that they are more appropriately spaced out. And the email I got back was, thank you so much for your concern. We will be keeping all of these appointments. I went, okay. <laughs> oh boy. So how yeah. fast that email response come back? Within 24 hours, not like immediately, but like within 24 hours. And so like the customer service side of me is like, okay, I guess that's just <laughs> the next 12 weeks of my life. I guess. And then the other side of me that's like logical is like, no, <laughs> we still need to maybe. That was the sex noise I yeah, made too. Was. Oh, that's come back to haunt me. <laughs> yeah. we, we don't need it, but we need to, yeah, we need to sort that out. So. You're one of the guests that we have on that I wish that we were videoing because you're so animated when you oh. speak. You do a lot of noises <laughs> and movements and different facial expressions. Like, it is going to be a totally different experience just listening to the audio than actually watching you tell the stories because you are so animated. I love it. I hope it's still equally as enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, it, I think it pulls through in my headphones. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so you take work home with you quite a bit then, eh? Um, not emotionally, no, I wouldn't say so. Hmm. Not really. Like, I, I don't know. I really like this whole thing of massage therapy. It's working out really well for me. But I wouldn't say, outside of like some of those isolated instances, like with the mom and the son, like that haunted me for a good week. Like I felt really like icky and like sick in my stomach about it. The whole thing just made me really uncomfortable. And like, because initially before they pulled out a treatment with the clinic, he canceled his first few appointments. And I was like, oh, I know what that's about. Oh, I know what that's about. And, you know, I do think it was a blessing in disguise, but... Because I, I think that I would have had more unfortunate run-ins in that situation because they just, she had decided that I was out to get him or whatever the case may be. But it still didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. But overall, no. Like, I would say, like, on a whole, like, I really love what I do. And I don't, you know, feel negatively when I come home at the end of the day. Like, mm -hmm. generally speaking, like, I feel more than anything, like, pretty charged by my day. Especially if I have, you know, 
something really positive come out of it at the end. Mm -hmm. If you weren't doing this, would you still be doing trading and stuff? Oh, hell no. (laughs) So if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? Probably something with animals. That was kind of my big toss up um, when I was getting out of personal training and fitness full time because I had done that for a number of years and I still really enjoy it. Like I enjoy working with people. I enjoy educating people about their bodies. Mm -hmm. I like, I love being in front of a group of people as far as which... (laughs) Sure, you can tell us how animated. <laughs> you know, bouncing around up in front of a group of people being like, let's get sweaty is super fun. But doing one-on-one training is awful. What was awful about it for you? People hate their bodies. You need to be a oh. psychotherapist to be a personal trainer, which I think both of you have a background in fitness as we well. We were not. both yeah. trainers. And um, it's only recently that... I realized how soul sucking it is and how draining it is to listen to everybody complain about every aspect of their bodies Mm. and not actually take a moment to understand their own body. Mm -hmm. It's I look at this woman on Instagram who's got a shiny tan and abs and a thousand filters. Exactly. And I look at this and I say, well, fuck, I'm so far from that. And honestly, it's every day I get somebody telling me i oh I, oh i look so fat or oh this doesn't look good on me or i i can't oh. you hear yeah. the exhaustion in my voice and i don't think i could work in that industry anymore either because i can't listen to everybody hate every part of their body and not even have realistic goals for their own body but not even realize that the problem is not like yeah sure like maybe you need to lose a few pounds maybe you want to be healthier maybe you want to be stronger but like to realize that the problem really is like your own headspace Mm -hmm. and you need to not just hate yourself for where you're at Mm -hmm. like I am like from where I sit and stand I'm way more about like body positivity and loving yourself and I was like especially like when I started in fitness I was 18 and I was ill-equipped to deal with a 40-year-old woman crying on her hands and knees because I asked her I was 17 yeah Yeah. (laughs) I was ill-equipped to deal with someone like crying on their hands and knees because like I was like okay we're gonna do a modified burpee so you're gonna as at your own pace get down to the floor and then get back up again and now you're crying and I'm going lady like I just want to get your heart rate up <laughs> like I can't I can't help you with what you have right now <laughs> I cannot so no I don't think I would go back to that like I really enjoy it and I still enjoy teaching group because it has the positive aspects like me jumping mm-hmm. around like an idiot up the front going woo 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 I can picture it completely. (laughs) That's super fun. But no one's like coming up to me being like, oh, I hate my body. Mm. How do I lose only weight here, but no (laughs) weight here? How do I do that? You see this? How do I get rid of this? Yes, this. How do I get rid of this? The bat wing. How do I get rid of the bat wing? It's like, oh, put the fork down. I don't know. I like the fork too much. I'll keep the bat wings. But yeah, so I think that, so when I was deciding whether, what I wanted to, I decided I wanted to go back to school and I was debating between doing either something in veterinary science or massage therapy and I chose massage therapy. What made you decide the school you went to? Uh, it was the closest in proximity to me that had the best reputation. So I mentioned I went to CCMH. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple other small career colleges near me, but they did not have as good a reputation mm-hmm. going on. So I decided to choose CCMH instead. Good time at school. Ah! I'm not really sure what that noise was. <laughs> we're going to find out, hopefully. Do you remember when I texted you from the classroom I was in today when you were in this room? <laughs> and I said, why is it that whenever you go to some sort of course or lecture, everyone's got a story about their life that pertains to the thing the person is saying? And it's always that one person. And she brings up all of those stories three times an hour. And it just has nothing to do with the lecture. And it's just, well, like in, in my household, my child does live. 
And that was basically 18 months of my life, was being stuck in a room with 14 people that were all doing massages a second career, and everyone just had a fucking story that pertained somehow to massage therapy, even though it didn't, and like arguments in physiology class that were like an anti-vaxxer throwing down in our, you know, in the middle of lecture with someone who believed in vaccines, and me having to stand up and being like, I don't care about either of you, can you just shut it so we can finish this? <laughs> yeah. That, that was my experience. It was a lot. And also massage therapy students are very um, whiny. <laughs> They're very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like high needs. Yeah. Needy. They're needy, needy motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, well, we didn't know exactly every question that was going to be on the quiz. You only told us 11 out of 12 questions. How could I possibly prepare? Yeah. I didn't understand the anatomy and I'm out of supplementals. How do I take another supplement? Like, Did you go off. to school with only geriatric patients? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone I went to school with right now is listening. They're A, going to know it's me because I have a very distinctive laugh. And Well, they didn't like me anyways. Whatever. I don't talk to any of them now. They were, oh. Finally, somebody sitting on the couch who wasn't like, I love school. And I'm sitting over here like, man, I had a fucking shit time at school. They were just all so self-important and needy and mm. just, but also whined so much. And like, well, I'm not getting it. It's like, well, how much time do you spend studying? Because all I do right now is live and breathe the material. Like mm -hmm. I, you know, I was on the honor role and not that that really matters but like I you know was pulling 90s in my classes but it's because I spent the time doing it like I you know made my notes and I came home and I made flashcards and then I made like study notes for my flashcards and I listened to podcasts and I watched YouTube videos. Can I ask you what you got out of massage school? Were you expecting the level of difficulty? Did you think it would be harder? Did you think it would be easier? Did it meet your expectations? No, I got exactly what I was expecting. I knew that okay. it was going to be that's, heavy science That's based. probably part of it is I think a lot of people, especially the ones who go into massage as a second career, maybe have been out of the academic world for a very long time. I think a lot of them are expecting, oh, it's massage and it's going to be easy and they think I can do this with my seven kids and two other jobs not a problem <laughs> which you can't probably and um, yeah and that's why we get these needy students who are like well how am I supposed to possibly prepare for an exam next week when I work seven days a week well I, I don't know I don't know you signed up for school you got to figure it out yeah caffeine's a great tool good luck like I don't know if anything honestly like I feel like I was frustrated, especially with the curriculum, because we were the last group going through what was the old curriculum at CCMH and everyone coming in after us, they had started a new curriculum where they completely had like rejigged how mm -hmm. they were teaching all the courses and stuff like that. And so, and I don't know if it was better in the new one, but I was frustrated because I felt that none of our courses were connected. It was like, here's neurology, here's physiology, here's pathology, mm -hmm. but it was never connected back to treatments ever. Mm -hmm. It was never like, he, and this is how it pertains to to treatment and treatment protocol. So I felt like there was just this huge gap going from, okay, I have all this information, but I don't know what to do with it. Like, I don't know how to bring it over here to what I'm doing with my hands. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I felt like a lot of that was, like, in my personal time, like, trying to connect those dots, which is fine. Like, I'm not complaining about that. But I, I felt like that was the big gap for me is that there should have been 
something bringing all of those things together. I do feel massage school for me was somewhat similar in that there was a lot of disconnect and you did have to be pretty good at critical thinking. Mm -hmm. And I found a serious lack of critical thinking among a lot of the students that I studied with. (laughs) Or you you just stay really patient for the first 16 months or 18 months or however many months it is. And the last two months, everything kind of comes together. And you're like, oh, this is the moment I was waiting for. (laughs) And that's just it. It kind of does eventually come together. Mm -hmm. And I think a part of it is the instructors as well, because I I know at the school I went to, um, there were multiple campuses. So there was a period of time where my work schedule was kind of conflicting with classes. Mm -hmm. And they were nice enough to allow me to kind of like make stuff up between either campus. So with one instructor, I felt it was, you know, very much stick to the course that he's teaching, whereas the other one was tying things in more together. Like, remember when you learned this, okay, this, and would make charts that were not in our, our lecture notes necessarily, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it definitely made it a lot easier when I had someone who was putting those pieces together, but the other instructor wasn't necessarily teaching incorrectly, just was sticking to this is the course we're learning right now. And I'm not going to bring in other aspects because that's not in our lesson plan. Yeah. And I feel like we had one instructor that was like that. And I was very fortunate that she was also my clinical supervisor. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I probably learned the most from her. She did a very good job at like bringing those things together, which I found very helpful. But it was also interesting because she had a very like no nonsense attitude. So a lot of people just thought she was a bitch, which I thought was really funny and very like, I don't know, misogynistic to just be like, well, there's a woman that doesn't take no shit. So obviously she's a bitch mm. instead of just like respecting her as a source of knowledge and someone who yeah, could really Yeah, what would they have together. said if it was if it was a man? I don't know. Asshole. Yeah, well, or they would have respected him because he had a penis. So I don't know. Would you classify yourself as a feminist? I would, and I hate saying that because I feel like people, when they think of feminists, think of people who are angry on the internet. Yeah, no, those aren't actual feminists. Feminists have a purpose. The ones that you're speaking about are just man-haters. Yeah, and I think there's a big difference between there's the two, a big those difference. two things. There's a big difference, yeah. But yes, I think feminism is very important, and it's... You know, talking about like conversations with clients and how clients overshare and that kind of thing. Like that's something that I run into a lot. Like someone, I think it was yesterday, I was saying, well, you know, the problem with the Me Too movement. And I kind of trying to walk that line of cutting them off and being like, hey, you know, the whole point of the Me Too movement is that a lot of women get sexually abused and it's okay to talk about it. And it's okay you know, to share your story. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And kind of finding a way to say some of those things really diplomatically without getting too emotional while I'm saying it, but to be able to say it diplomatically and and in a way that's not making my client feel like shit, but also to make them go, hey, you're wrong. That's, I find that very challenging. Mm-hmm. What was the problem with the Me Too movement? Oh God, I don't, what were we saying? Something about... I honestly don't remember. It was something about the way men treat women or women treat men or something like that. And she was saying something, well, you know, the thing with the whole Me Too movement. And I just, I don't know, I immediately don't get my back up. But I, I, I mean, I, like many women, have been sexually abused in my life. And so it's very hard for me to hear people shit on that immediately. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know what? Like, that's a real thing. And that happens to people. I mean, look at our profession. Like, you even asked me if you had any inappropriate situations. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm very lucky that I haven't. Me too. The yeah. other way. Like, yes, yes, yes. yeah. Like me, <laughs> We're using me too. The you other as well, way. that you have not been through that. Like, I know that I'm very fortunate that I've never had to deal with that. Because mm-hmm. even I had a client at the spa a few months ago. And I guess the reverse of that, she was telling me a story about her best friend was uh, passed out on a massage table and she woke up to the therapist going down on her. Stop it. What? Yeah. She 
passed out on the table, which like I do in seconds from being at school. Like if you put me on a massage table and you don't talk to me, I am unconscious like that. And she's telling me that her friend, like her best friend in the world was at a spa for like new spa first time passed out woke up the guy was going down on her and she said she didn't know what to do i said did she report him to the cmto and she said yes i said did she call the police she said no so why didn't she call the police why didn't she say something Mm -hmm. and she said she was afraid because she didn't know what to do when she found herself in that situation and she didn't know how to get out of it because she was worried had she reacted aggressively or angrily that he might have beat her and so instead she faked an orgasm to get him to stop which is fucked up but sometimes in situations where women are having sex that they don't want to be having anymore that's what they do to make it stop because they're worried they're going to get the shit beat out of them Mm -hmm. and so in that situation her like biggest like point of self-defense was okay well maybe if i just pretend like i finished he'll stop and then i can get the fuck out of here and so that's what she did and so she was worried that she couldn't go to the police and say that because they wouldn't take it seriously and they'd say oh you liked it well and that's something that I've heard people, people who criticize the Me Too movement, um, the defense is, well, now women are taking everything too far. That's what it was. What? That's the, what, that, well, that's, that's what it what, always is, is that, oh, all these women are taking things too far. Now a man can't do anything without being accused of sexual harassment or abuse. That's what we were talking about. That's that that's jogged my memory. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was about how, you know, some people are saying, well, you can't even give a woman a compliment anymore. It's like there's nothing wrong with complimenting someone if you're not being a creepy asshole about mm-hmm. it. Like for me to be like, hey, Amanda, I really like those pants. Those are really cute. That is way different. Like. Amanda, I really like your eyes. Yeah. One of those things you chose to do and one of them is just like you as a person. One of those is inherently sexually and creepy, is sexual and creepy. And one of them is like, oh, you, I like your sense of fashion. You know, there's a big difference in those things. But yeah, is it, but like that's a messed up thing. And then you mm-hmm. look at that and you look at like, what did the CMTO do to that individual? Probably nothing because one of the guys I went to school with who sexually harassed me and a lot of the other women that we went to school with ended up being in front of the disciplinary committee. And it's a pretty like fucked up story about like what he was in front of them for. And he's still practicing. I read the whole transcript of it and it sounded like, you know, like about right, you know, sounded pretty accurate to like what had happened, not necessarily with me, but like I could see exactly like in my head how he would have worded that and phrased it and Mm -hmm. how it all would have went down. And he's still out there practicing. They didn't, at the end of the day, they didn't do anything about it. Like, that's the thing that really gets me. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fucked up. We were having a conversation um, the other day about the consent form for treatment of sensitive areas. Mm-hmm. And the point that I had brought up was, is this form going to stop the creeps? It's mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. So it's not really protecting the public against the ones who are intentionally creepy. They're still, the ones who are going to do something like that are going to do it whether there's a form right. or not. They have disregard for the law. They have disregard for college policy. They have disregard they have Regard for, for morals, for people. ethics, people. Exactly. They're just so fucked up individuals. What's the sheet of paper going to do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And if anything, like I would say, like I understand why they implemented it, but I would say everyone that I get to sign off on it think it's to protect me. And I try to say, well, no, it's it's to protect you. And they're like, well, how? I'm agreeing. Well, that, and like, that, that was the point we you. said. Yeah, that was the point we said is it's almost giving creepos a license to say, Hey, look, you said I could. Mm -hmm. It's fucked up, man. It is. It totally is. But like, what are you going to do? And I don't mean to like, I'm not trying to target male therapists because I don't think inherently that male therapists are creepy. You know, like, (laughs) I don't think that. Majority of them are not. And according to Ian Cam, statistically, things like what you had just mentioned, that's extreme, happen very, very little. It's, It's not a huge problem in our profession. But the thing is, one time is too much. So something has to be done. And yeah, the 
the, tr- the consent form was not the thing. It's not helping. That's yeah. That's not going to solve the problem. Like I do, like I feel for male therapists because I feel like they sometimes do have an uphill battle in in presenting themselves and people not being uncomfortable. But at the same time, like I don't know, maybe don't go into it with a chip on your shoulder about it. Like don't preach it. Like I'm not trying to be creepy. Mm-hmm. Maybe that maybe that inherently <laughs> makes it creepy when you're like I'm not weird. Still let me touch you. Can I ask you a question that I wrote this not creepy thing? Yeah. So I was stoned out of my tree. <laughs> I know what you're going to ask. And I want to I want to know what you think. Okay. I was stoned out of my tree and okay. I had to go to my car. We live in a condo. I had to go to my car to get something. Mm-hmm. So I uh, get into the elevator. Mm-hmm. And we have we have multiple parking levels. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I get into the elevator and uh, there's this woman on the elevator already. She's standing in front of the buttons and I'm stoned. So I don't even know what's going on. So I immediately just I see walk into the elevator. I kind of go towards the buttons to press what I. So I go to press the button and I'm standing there now. So she kind of has to move away from the buttons. And now she's standing in front of the door. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I realize, oh, fuck, the button's already pressed. I didn't need to do that. And so now she's standing in front of the door and I can see she's kind of uncomfortable because I kind of look sketchy and I smell like weed and whatever the case is. So she goes down to the parking level, the door opens, she walks out and I kind of just walk out behind her and every move she was making, I'm like, oh my God, we're going to the same place. This is, I feel weird now. And the parking garage is massive. He would have had to make one, Yeah, so like two, I'm going three, right turn, left four, turn, right like turn, left five turn, five to six door, turns. Yeah. And we're going same, same <laughs> oh, place. No. And I'm, and I can see she's trying to go faster and faster and faster. She thinks you're a creeper. Because, because she thinks I'm following her, right? And so I wanted to know at some point, even to the point where our cars were down the same aisle and I, I i wanted to be like hey man i'm not creepy i'm not following you i'm just going to my car but i didn't do that because i thought that would be more creepy would that have been more creepy if i did that to me no 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 to me no but i don't i i'm a pretty like weird chill open person so mm. that probably would have made me feel better because i can see she's walking faster you, yeah it's, it's she, she wants to run but she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't want to run you but scared she wants the bejesus out of yes. her by existing so as soon, she like, was I'm, already afraid. you don't understand like I'm trying to unlock my car from way back so my lights can go on. So and she, she can knows. See, like, hey, yeah. I'm going there. I would have just said something. Yeah. Well, he came up and asked me right away. He's like, should I have said something? And I was like, no, like, I you went to your car. Yeah. But then, yeah, he was all paranoid about it. But not even it. that. It's not till I got back up. I was like, oh, my God. She probably thought like I even got into the elevator and made her move over to the door so I can follow her out the door. Like, but I'm stoned. So this is the way I'm thinking about everything. Yeah, you're just going inside. Well, and again, because he was stoned, he obviously wasn't going to his car to drive. So that might have even looked weird, too. He went to the car, but then didn't go anywhere. (laughs) Oh, no. I know. I went to the car for my smokes. (laughs) For my cigarettes. Yeah, I don't know. I probably would have just said something. But that's me. Like, I'll just like yell things at strangers i was walking home one night from the bar <laughs> and there was a girl like having like a really upset phone conversation across the street from me like like freaking out and like i drunk yelled over and i was like hey you okay over there girlfriend <laughs> and she looked at me and just started walking faster like i was out of my mind and i was like okay good luck <laughs> sorry hope it works out for you yeah i just i thought she was in distress but like i mean Conversely to that, I was in Halifax not that long ago and there was a really drunk girl on the street and she was with two dudes and she came walking over to me. I was like, hey, do you know those dudes? And she's like, those are my friends. And I was like, are you safe with them? Do I need to put you in a cab? And she's like, no, those are my friends. And so I went over and like started talking to her friends and I was like, they seem legit. And then she looked at me and opened up her mouth and went, eh. And I said, what are you doing right now? She's like, I need to throw up. And I was like, I what? And she's like, I need to throw up. Can you just... 
can you, I was like, I, are you asking me to put my fingers down your throat? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. And she's like, okay. And she walked over to one of her guy friends and she went, Bleh. and he's like, yeah, let's go behind the bush. So I was like, okay, those are good dudes. <laughs> East coasters, friendly as fuck. See? A little too friendly. Do you need two fingers? I got them. <laughs> <laughs> not for me, but like, so yeah, so I don't know. Like, I will just talk to people and be mm. like, hey, not a rapist. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to. You I could did. lead with that next time. Like, hey, <laughs> not a rapist. <laughs> should walk around with like that. Hi, my name is Tag on Hi, my no, name No, no, because that, make, that makes it seem like you're advertising it. Then you're going above and beyond. I think it's situational. Like, mm. situationally, not a rapist. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. You know, I have never felt scared or creeped out walking through our underground ever. And after you told me that story, I am very aware when I'm walking and there's somebody following me through the underground. And each time I've thought about that, like maybe if they just said to me, hey, I'm not following you, I'd be well, okay. It's, it, it was like it was late. It was late at night. I had never seen this lady before. She had never seen me before. But yet you guys park so close. Yes, serendipity. Now she's forever going to think you're that high guy that might try to touch your butt. <laughs> So true. <laughs> if something happens to my car, I know who She's it was. She's profiled now. you. Mm -hmm. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> You're boned. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is fun. <laughs> this is refreshing after the last couple that we did. That, that were the last serious. couple. Serious. The last couple podcasts were pretty heavy. Pretty serious. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't have any heavy stories. Like, I'm glad that I don't. I'm glad that, like, I'm glad that you don't. Yes. It brings back faith <laughs> that. Sometimes you can just have a job and go to work and things are normal and weird shit doesn't happen. Yeah. I had one guy at the spa when I first started there and he started to get a bit of a... And I actually, from listening to your podcast, was like, that woman said, just talk to him about regular shit and it'll go away. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did. I was like, so tell me about your kids. <laughs> Dead silence for an hour of a like 90 minute appointment. Tell me about your children. Amazing. What are their names and faces look like? <laughs> so that helped tremendously. But you know, like that was a, that's all I got. Because he he was a little more like he tried to reposition it a few times, and I was like, well, that's weird. Don't touch it. Like it's fine that like you're half asleep and it's there, but you start touching it, and it's like, mm, it's weird. Yeah, you're making it strange. Making it strange. I had something happen recently, not creepy in any way. Like this guy is the farthest thing from creepy. <laughs> Nicest dude in the world, and um, he came in and he was wearing like boxer briefs mm -hmm. on the table, and he wanted me to work on an area that the boxer briefs were covering. Mm -hmm. So I got his consent and I said, okay, so um, is it okay with you then if I tuck the sheet in here and we just hike them up a little bit so I can get there? And I even used another towel to secure it and whatever. And he was like, yeah, yeah, totally cool. So we did all of that. And then when I finished working on that side and I untucked and um, redraped his leg, then as I was going to the other one, he goes, excuse me, Amanda, um, is it okay if I just adjust myself after that <laughs> like just to make sure he knew that i was that it wasn't creepy <laughs> see that's really yeah. nice is it okay if i just adjust I was like, yeah, yeah yeah dude do what you gotta do i was working on a friend's inguinal hernia stuff yesterday and i was like hey i think i need to get closer to your incision so i'm gonna turn my back if you could just yeah for me <laughs> just take your twig and that over and yeah. put them over there we learned that way in school actually our instructor would say if you know if you're working on a male and you have to get up there that 
to tell them to move, to move it over. It? Yeah. I've given up on that because I do, like, I end up seeing a lot of people with uh, SIJ dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And I was taught you always check pubic symphysis when they have SIJ dysfunction because you never know, like, mm-hmm. you know, how the two are related. So great. So that's what I always do. And, like, that's what I would do. I'd be like, okay, like, I should palpate this before I should just go in there and start doing anything. And, like, the two or three times I did it with a man, and I was like, hey, if there's anything in a place that I'm not supposed to touch, if you could just move that. And it made them so uncomfortable. And one of them never came back to see me again because I like even mentioned his genitals so now I'm like yeah do you know what I don't need to palpate it I'll just like do a joint mob if it goes it goes if it doesn't it doesn't we'll move on <laughs> yeah I've never actually used That's that line though. but we did learn that in school you old know, dudes tell or young dudes over. that older that- Older. older, like younger clients, like like say like the the gentleman that yesterday that I knew, he was like whatever, like we lift weights together, not a big yeah, deal. Yeah. Or one of my other like kind of somewhat younger athletic clients that mm-hmm. like we had that conversation once where I was like, hey, I need to check this, and he kind of had this look of fear in his eyes, and I was like, I'm gonna turn my back, and he was like, cool, <laughs> one second. But yeah, with with I, I find with a lot of my older clientele, they are just uncomfortable in general with being older male clientele. They are uncomfortable being touched, so heaven forbid I have to like go anywhere near their inner thighs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think if you just call the twig and berries, then it just kind of kind of kills the mood and then it just, everything's good. I don't think that could come out of my mouth. I don't think that could come out of my mouth either. No. No, I don't think I would ever say that. No. Try Twig it. and berries. There, see? <laughs> Why do you look so happy right now? It even feels good on the inside when you do it. I feel like I'm getting in between something weird. <laughs> We're making Mindy uncomfortable. <laughs> No, I, I don't really have a TMI button. At Purple the end of monkey the day. dishwasher. Uh, yeah, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I not have yet. never been more impressed with you in my entire life that you my remembered memory? that safe word. That yeah. was a really good callback. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> you must do this professionally. <laughs> <laughs> right. Are there any other standard questions we missed? I know we typically end with the lottery question, but I feel like we've missed it. We talked about irate. We've talked about inappropriate. We've talked about crazy. I think think we hit them all. We asked me about school. Yeah. I think we did all the formats. So we did. What if you win the lottery tonight? What is the lottery tonight? Do you know? I don't fucking know. If I won the lottery tonight. Millions. Millions. I would still practice massage therapy, but I would bump up my long-term plan, which is I eventually want to start doing dog massage. My goal is to retire into dogs. Animal people. People are animal people. Like it's just you either you are or you're not. I think if you're going to do dogs though, you got to go to a place where there's tons of really, really rich people. Oh, absolutely. Mm. There's, I mean, I live in a tech driven area. There's Ah, a lot of people that'll pay a lot of money for their dogs. So I would still do people. But I would, so my eventual plan in the next, say, 10 years is to do a little bit of training, start doing dog massage on the side, not full time, just like I want people to pay me to touch dogs. There is a place right beside my old clinic. Um, I actually, the owners of it were my clients when I worked there in a very well off neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it's a dog cafe. They sell organic dog treats. They yeah. had a doggy chiropractor. They did acupuncture for dogs. Yep. You know, they would probably be very happy to have an RMT for dogs. Mm-hmm. People, so people who it. are dog people we'll would pay, pay anything oh, to sure. take care because that's their their babies, their fur babies. Do you know what though? Like as some, like so, I've treated dogs. I have a friend, and his housemate has an aging like English bulldog with all kinds of like dysplasia and stuff like that, who can barely walk. And that dog knows me when I walk in the door. He sees me, and he woofs at me until I get down on the floor and rub him. He'll flop over. I'll treat his hips. I'll go all through his chest. And then he got so excited, he humped me once. And his owner was like, I have never seen him do that. And I was like, yeah, it's, I guess Kibby and I are just like this now. <laughs> but you know. said you didn't have any inappropriate story. Uh, well, I got humped by a dog once after a good rub. 
happy. You know, like they, they show their appreciation. You know, they're into it. So like I think there's benefit there. So yes, yeah, so that would be my, if I won the lottery, I would just escalate my dog rubbing plan. All right. <laughs> <laughs> just speed up the, the dog rubbing. Less dog humping, more dog rubbing. But mm. yeah. All right. I get it. I get it. <laughs> You're fun. You're welcome back on the couch anytime oh, you want. You. Right on. Want to call her up? You're the boss. All right. Yeah, let's do that then. Why do I feel dumb right now? You can remember purple monkey, monkey dishwasher. dishwasher right. but <laughs> You've been listening to two massage therapists oh, and thank microphone you. Thank you, Mindy. <laughs> can you do that again? The outro is yours. Oh, no. Oh, no. <gasps> First time ever. Mark's not going to end the show. Ready? All right. You've been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone. Peace. I love it. <laughs> so good.